the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed in the following program may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Keep on in Colorado. Hello and welcome. My name is Maria Oliver and this week it's all about the bison. No longer endangered and good to eat. Joining us this week is David Carter. He's a bison rancher and the executive director of the National Bison Association. Thanks for joining us, David. Hi, Maria. Tell us a a little bit about the National Bison Association. Well, the association itself has been around uh, just about 25 years. It came together in the 90s because there were two associations originally. The the commercial bison business really started, oh, in the the mid-60s was when we kind of put the flag in the ground of of when people really started uh, selling bison. and And how are you affiliated with the group? I'm the executive director, so I've been around, uh, well, gosh, I kind of backed into it in working in agriculture for, for many years, but the uh, association came to me. And like everybody else that gets involved with bison, I fell in love with the animal and, and the people that raise it. And so about a year and a half after I started as executive director, my wife and I bought our first five uh, heifer calves and started our own herd. I remember when I was growing up, and this is, of course, growing up back in the 70s, there was, there was all this information about how we just came along and killed all the buffalo and destroyed everything and, and how we were forcing animals into extinction. Can, can you share a little bit with me, first off, with how bison are totally and completely different from buffalo and why it's okay to eat them now? Well, gosh, there's about three things in that. Uh, Yes, technically bison are different than than buffalo. Buffalo, around uh, a lot of the world, technically buffalo refers to water buffalo. Our animal, uh, the scientific name is bison bison, so uh, it's actually the the proper name is bison. But in reality, we've been calling them buffalo for about 400 years. Uh, It's uh, when the first French trappers uh, came came through and up the Mississippi or down the St. Lawrence, they looked at these big animals and they called a boof, which is French for beef. And the uh, Native Americans picked that up. And so uh, among the Native Americans, and really the preference among Native Americans is still to call it buffalo. So we always say we don't care what you call it, just, just as long as you eat it. Um, the you know we are facing an issue right now you know, that some people are bringing in water buffalo meat and trying to convince consumers or just calling it buffalo and, and uh, we're uh, fighting the battle over some deceptive marketing practices because we want people to know what they're eating. But yes, when you you know why is it okay to eat bison? Um, if you think about it, before the first 
white European settlers set foot on this continent, there were between 30 and 40 million uh, bison, just massive herds, uh, the the most prevalent um, grazing animal in, in uh, North America. And then through a combination of uh, slaughtering the animals, but also the disease that European cattle brought in that decimated the herds, we estimate that by 1885, there were only about 750 animals left alive. Um, that's how close we came to extinction. And fortunately, there were a handful of ranchers that started to gather up the remnants of, of the herd and, and to slowly bring them back. And there was also uh, places like the Bronx Zoo uh, that played a, a big role. And Teddy Roosevelt uh, that helped create some public lands to bring back bison. And so they started to inch their their way back. But really, it's when the commercial business started in, in the 60s that we saw the the herds really begin to grow. And it's, you know, one of these things that it's kind of hard for people to understand is the, the best way to save bison is is to eat bison. The, you think about the, the rangelands and the pastures that are out there, uh, the majority is on private land. These are, these are ranchers and farmers. And for them to bring back more bison, the animal has to be economically sustainable for them. And so the more people embrace bison and, and include it in their diet, the more incentive there is for farmers and ranchers to bring back more bison. And that makes the, the farmers and ranchers economically sustainable, but we also like to tout that when bison are out there grazing on, on the land that they evolved with, uh, that's very environmentally sustainable, and that's very important as well. Bison are great for the environment. Okay, so the difference between a bison and a buffalo is like the difference between a horse and a donkey, or or what? Yeah, they they both they're both bovine animals. Uh, so you go back, you know, up the water buffalo is a is a Asian uh, animal, and there's also the Cape buffalo down in in Africa, and they are distant distant relatives to, to the bison. Now, you mentioned people trying to, to pass off counterfeit meat. Uh, you said water buffalo meat as bison? Yes, there's, and particularly in, in pet food, and this is something uh, we actually have on our website, Maria, which is bisoncentral.com. Um, we have a list of pet food companies that are playing a, a very positive role uh, because of their buying up bison ingredients and, and putting them into pet food, and they're really helping to support the restoration of the herds. But there are also some brands out there that are just, uh, they label it as buffalo, and it's water buffalo that's actually in their in their product. Uh, there's one brand in, in particular that has a front panel of, uh, and it shows a herd of bison grazing out there with wolves closing in on it, and, and the front panel says made with roasted bison and sure enough if you look at the ingredient panel bison is ingredient number nine but the number one ingredient in that product is just labeled as buffalo and that's water buffalo and we think that's very deceptive paint a picture for me what is a typical day like for a bison rancher getting up at what time and and doing what all day well (laughs) typical day for a bison rancher is doing what i'm doing right now is says standing in my living room, sipping a cup of coffee. Um, you know, we we like to say that, you know, bison are a little bit harder to handle, but they're a lot easier to raise. Um, these are animals that evolved 
in this part of the world over thousands of years. Uh, the, the landscape, the species of grasses that are out there, even the, the wildlife that's out in the, in the grassland ecosystem or out on the high plains, you know, those are all things that evolved with bison. And so Mother Nature did a really good job of perfecting this animal, and we've found that the best thing that we can do is just kind of step back and, and let Mother Nature handle it. We're in the middle of calving season in, in the bison business, and um, I know if, you know, our good friends in the cattle business, if, if you're calving season, you don't stray very far from the ranch because you need to be there to help those moms deliver their, their calves. Well, right now we're in the midst of, of calving at, right in, at our herd, and the best thing we can do is just stay back and let those animals take care of themselves. So, you know, they, they don't need assistance calving. In fact, we call calving season fishing season because that's the best thing you can do uh, then. Um, when we had that bomb cyclone that hit uh, about a month ago, Again, being in the bison business, you get to stay inside and, and drink some coffee because you're not going to worry about those, those animals taking care of themselves. So, you know, they do uh, very well. We don't brand the animals. We don't dehorn them. We don't even use artificial insemination. We hmm. let romance ha happen out in the pasture. So, you know, other, other than going out and, and fixing, making sure that our fences are in good shape and, and that the water is out there that the animals need to have, um, the, there's once a year that we gather the animals, we bring them in and that's when we vaccinate and we wean the calves. And, you know, that's about five days of really hard work, but the rest of the year is, is very low maintenance. Okay. Now, now let's uh, get into the benefits. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the nutritional value of bison. Is it that, that there are leaner meat and more vitamins and minerals? Yes. Bison is, is very low in fat. It's very high in protein. It's got a great uh, cholesterol profile, and it's very high in some essential nutrients. One of the things bison is very high in is iron, and it's, uh, several folks have noted that it's, a, it's the type of red meat that women ought to eat uh, because it helps them replace the iron that they, they lose um, during, their, during their menstruation. So it's you know, a very lean, nutritious meat. Um, it's also very, it's the ultimate natural meat. It's illegal to use growth hormones in, in bison, uh, and we're happy about that. Um, it's the industry protocols is not to use antibiotics for growth purposes. Um, and, you know, again, when you think about sustainable uh, helping the environment, you know, I go back to that story about this is, this is the ecosystem that this animal is meant to be in. And so it really it works, has a symbiotic relationship with the, with the grasslands and, and the environment that it's in. And then finally, it's delicious. It's a great tasting meat. Um, and I think that's the biggest aha that people have when they, when they try it for the first time. Because when I tell people about the benefits, they, they understand that it's a healthy meat and they understand that it's a, a natural uh, sustainable meat, but they probably have this suspicion that it's going to be tough or it's going to be gamey. Mm. And when they take that first bite, they go, wow, this is delicious. Where can I find some more? And that's the reason our business is growing so quickly these days. So less fat, more protein, more iron, and uh, B12 is in there as well, compared you to bet. beef or compared to chicken. According to my research, 
uh, bison's kind of went in the game. It's kind of along those lines as far as nutrition with ground turkey, from what I saw. It is. It is. No, if you take a look, and again, we have nutritional uh, information on our website, bisoncentral.com. Uh, lots of good information and, and comparisons on how it stacks up nutritionally, because uh, we're very proud of that. So how's the industry doing? How, how's the demand holding up? The demand is growing uh, very quickly, and that's good. Again, that gives us more incentive for us to bring more animals back. And even though we're growing very quickly, we also recognize that we're always going to be a niche. We never want to be a mainstream commodity. Hmm. Uh, in agriculture, when you think about commodities, it's trying to produce the most product as quick as possible at the cheapest price. And we know that people love bison because uh, not only does it taste great, but they like the way that we raise the animal, that we haven't tinkered with it. We're, we're not using the growth hormones and the antibiotics. And so, you know, I, I did some comparison a while back, and the average person today eats about 50 pounds of beef uh, a year. Um, we did the numbers, and according to my math, the average person eats 0. 0.07 pounds of bison a year. So if we triple the size of our business, uh, everybody gets a quarter pounder once a year. And, you know, we're, we're happy about that. We want to grow the business, but we never really want to compromise the, the quality of the animal or the integrity of, of how we raise the animal just to get more product out there. So it's uh, going to take us a while to, to reach our, our peak. And we are speaking with Mr. David Carter. He's the executive director of the National Bison Association. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we'll be right back. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. We are back. We are speaking with David Carter from the National Bison Association. And as far as a price per pound, because, of course, you know, we're all Americans and quite a few of us are watching our pennies. And, and hamburger meat is, to me, I guess, that probably the cheapest meat out there. Not As far as health-wise, it's not really the best deal, but it's the cheapest. So how, how's bison uh, ranking as far as being affordable for a family? So we're... We are more expensive uh, than beef. Now, if you, you know, go into, and fortunately, we are getting more distribution around. You can find uh, bison not only, in, you know, Whole Foods and in, in the health food stores, but even at, uh, you know, King Supers and Safeway and Costco have all got bison. And if you think about it, uh, if the bison is, is lean, is a leaner meat when you buy it, and so, yes, we are more expensive. Uh, ground bison is going to run about $8 a pound. Mm -hmm. But when you put it into the skillet and you cook it up, you'll find that you're not going to be pouring a lot of grease down the drain. Uh, mm -hmm. What you start with is pretty much going to be what you end up with. So it's, uh, it's really, to us, is a good value because of the quality of the meat. Now, how how are you getting it? Because, like I said, I, I really am pre-programmed not to want to eat them. I, still, in the back of my head, I'm this little girl that's been trained and programmed not to eat them. And and honestly, they're they're really cute. Their their faces are just these huge, puffy teddy bear looking faces, and they're, they're just adorable. So, how are you going about educating people? You know, it's okay. You can eat them, even though they're cute. 
yes. It's okay. No, we do, and, and, you know, we do it a lot of, of one-on-one. Uh, mm. My wife and I, like a lot of other ranchers, if people want to know about bison, we invite them to come out, and we put them in the back of the pickup, and we go out and, you know, talk about the herds. And, yes, we're looking at the animals because we recognize that the, that meat on our plate does come from a from a, a living animal that gave its life so that we could uh, stay healthy and, and sustain ourselves. But, um, you know, these are animals that evolved as prey animals. Uh, they Their whole instinct is to be a prey animals and, and to interact with predators. And for thousands of years, the, the top predator of bison has been humans. Uh, the Native Americans, you know, relied on this animal for food, shelter, and clothing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, important thing for us is, is to talk about, yes, we do uh, eat these animals, but we also respect them. And the philosophy around the bison business is to make sure that uh, we call it the one bad day philosophy mm-hmm. is we want these animals to be healthy out on the land to have a, a good life uh, right up until the moment that that they uh, we take them into to turn them into meat and so you know it is it's an educational thing that uh, we do it one person at a time okay now you got a, an, an auction coming up in may uh, the richie's brother auction describe to me a, a typical auction setting because of course we go to the store we pick up the meat and we just take it home and we don't even think about the process in between could you tell us a little bit about that you bet and and we do uh you know the the biggest auction that we do every year is in conjunction with the national western stock show in in january and you know this is a, a time when uh ranchers are, are coming in and they're really looking to buy animals to uh, improve their herd the again it's the least handling is as possible uh, people that go to the stock show and then maybe gone down to to see the the uh, junior uh, show or any of the other shows, they'll they'll see people leading animals in on a leash and and they're brushed and and uh, shampooed and all of that. When you go to a bison auction, um, none of that happens. We, we say that they these animals come in in their working clothes. And they're just a sturdier animal, like you said. They're just a little bit more acclimated to to this environment. So. Oh, very much. Yeah, the, we call them athletes. Uh, uh, you know, people don't realize that a bison can jump six feet. Uh, it can run up to 35 miles an hour, and uh, and it can pivot on a dime. And these are all things that, you know, through centuries and centuries that Mother Nature did to, to help this animal survive. Hmm. So not the defenseless creature that I'm thinking of. I, I don't know why that's <laughs> no. stuck in my brain. Not at all. Not at all. And you know, we can be out there with the animals, but I would never turn my back or or just walk out into the, the herd. They're, they're not a wild animal, but they're certainly undomesticated. And, and oh. you have to respect that they have that fight or flight. Wow. Okay. And I, I stumbled upon something kind of, kind of interesting. Tell us about the effort to make bison our national mammal. Well, this is something that came about... Uh, Oh gosh! Started almost ten years ago that that we started working on it, and it's the National Bison Association. The private ranchers got together with uh, the conservation community, particularly the Wildlife Conservation Society, and with the uh, tribal community uh, through the Intertribal Buffalo Council. Senator Bennett uh, here from Colorado was very helpful in this, mm-hmm. and and uh, 
uh, finally in 2016, the bison was uh, designated as the, the national mammal. In fact, it was uh, in May of 2016 that President Obama signed the, the legislation. And so, mm-hmm. yes, bison is now our national mammal. Okay. Well, David, tell us a little bit about some of the, the challenges that, that you're facing in industry. Obviously, there's a misinformation that needs to be changed, uh, re-educating people about the health values. But just as a day-to-day man working, having your own business, what are some of the challenges with uh, being a bison rancher? Well, the challenge is, is that we, we're small, and so we don't have the infrastructure uh, in our business that, that a lot of the rest of agriculture has, uh, you know, things, uh, even bankers and lenders sometimes will say, well, gosh, we just don't know, you know, what it takes to, to finance a bison operation or how can how can we know if this business plan that you've presented is is based in reality. Um, even some of the, the, you know, access to veterinarians who, who have experience in, in bison and and just the, the knowledge that, that's out there. And that's why, uh, things like the National Bison Association, or here in in Colorado, there's a Rocky Mountain Bison Association that's uh, a more localized group. You know, those are so important because they're they're where the ranchers get together and share information and 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 share knowledge. And so, that's how we we have tried to overcome those challenges is by working together very closely and. I'd have to say that, you know, we're very fortunate, even back in, in Washington, D.C., um, you think about the U.S. Department of Agriculture and all of the you know, commodities that they have to pay attention to. By just working on developing some personal relationships with folks within those agencies, we've, we've been able to overcome some challenges and, and to make some progress. And then one of the things, too, I think we're very fortunate in, in our business, Ted Turner, uh, is the largest rancher, bison rancher in the in the country. He's got, and uh, he's been very generous in in making sure that his ranch managers share their knowledge and and their learnings with everyone else in the in the business. So, you know, it's that camaraderie that we have throughout our business that's so important in in helping us to grow. Ted Turner, TBS, Ted Turner, TNT, TBS. Ted yep, yep. The founder of CNN is uh, oh. the largest largest bison rancher in the country and and uh, of course working with uh, George McCarroll a famous restaurateur they, they've developed Ted's Montana Grill restaurant chain which has really helped introduce a lot of folks to bison hmm. well, okay then good stuff to know all righty so it, it's okay to eat them the nutritional value is as far as chicken beef it, it, it leaves them far out in the wind and it is actually supporting local business, actually. Yes. So, I mean, final thoughts. What would you like to leave the listeners with as far as uh, bison eating them and helping you maintain an industry that is pretty homegrown? Well, and I just, and I've, I've alluded to this a, a couple of times, but, you know, more and more people are saying, well, gosh, livestock is bad for the environment and, and all the methane and, and the like. And one of the things we have to recognize is that uh, between 30 and 40 percent of our environment, our ecosystem in North America is a grassland ecosystem. And those grasslands trap a tremendous amount of carbon and put it back into the soil. But for those grasslands to be healthy, they have to have grazers. They have to have grazing animals out there. And there's no animal more 
uh, adapted for this environment than bison. So the environmental benefits that bison bring to the land. Okay. Uh, Thank you so much. We've been speaking with Mr. David Carter. He is the executive director of the National Bison Association. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. Thank you, Maria. Enjoyed Enjoyed the conversation. Hope when you take that jump, you don't feel the fall. Hope when the water rises, you build to wall. Hope when the crowd screams out, you're screaming your name. Hope if everybody runs, you choose to stay. Hope that you fall in love and it hurts so bad. That does it for our show this week. Thanks to David Carter from the National Bison Association. I'm Maria Oliver, and this is Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.